Welcome to Store Brand Comics, everybody. This is T.O., um, and you're going to hear Brandon's voice shortly. But uh, today we're doing just a little compilation episode of some little jokes and bits and uh, conversations that didn't make it into regular episodes uh, because um, we had to cut them for time. But uh, they weren't they were they were too interesting to delete, so we kept them around. So here's uh, an episode of that. Enjoy. Good evening. It is a good evening for you, the people. It's an even better evening with these Pop-Tart Chris. You may be thinking this is an ad. It's not. You might be right. It's not an ad. It's not. We didn't accept any sponsorship, though. I did. Oh, recently, I did recently watch a video on the Brutal Moose YouTube channel where Pop Tart Crisps are one of the things he reviewed. What did he say? He said, "It's." See, he's one of those weirdos who likes the corner of the Pop-Tart where there's not, like, any filling. So he said there was too much filling in it, not enough corner. He should be put to death. I agree, I agree. They're expecting one of us in the wreckage, brother, and I vote that it should be him. It will be extremely painful for him. Beautiful boys. Likes the corners. That is weird. That is weird, isn't it? That's like the the worst part of the pop. The worst part, part of the pop. Part. That's that's like the crust. Yes. And, and no, no. Here's the thing. That's like that's even more than the crust because there are some people that like crust and stuff. That's even more because most people don't like the the corner parts of pop tarts. Yeah, because the filling is why you're eating the pop tart. Yeah, that's so weird. That's one of those things that'll make you say something like, I miss when he reviewed video games. (laughs) He also um, tried one of those like coffee Coke energies in that video and ended up getting the hiccups for the entire second half of the video. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Was it like one of the bang ones or? Uh, no, it was like a Coke with coffee in it. Oh, Coke. Okay. Yeah. Ew. Sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. Speaking of Coke, I'm, I'm drinking a Coca Cola right now. Dude, I have half of an opened bottle of Coke as well as a large Coke from Whataburger with me right now. So, I'm... Coke. The most refreshing drink there ever was. Yeah, all this is getting cut out, so like... <laughs> There's no advertisement here. <laughs> <laughs> Which, bringing up the Pop-Tart thing, it made me think, uh, I guess... Somewhat of a spoiler for Sweet Tooth. Not really. <laughs> Someone's like, why Why would you spoil this part? There's a part where, because uh, uh, it's a dystopian future. Yeah. Um, like, uh, someone goes on a supply run for this person and comes back and, like, brings him Pop-Tarts. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Pop-Tarts. I haven't seen these in forever. And like, uh, so it's not really a spoiler unless you're like, no, no, I, I, I was anticipating pop tarts or whatever. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it made me think because this takes place like seven to nine years in the future, like from from whenever like the there's a, a incident that happens. It's called the sick, where people get sick and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, it just made me think, those have to be extremely out of date and stale pop tarts. 
Yeah. Yeah, they do. Probably are. Like, yeah, it's cool you found them, but, like, I got a feeling they got, like, at the very least, they're extremely still, but they most likely have some mold and stuff on them and all that. That was my one nitpick with watching the Sweet Tooth show. As I saw that, I was like, yeah, but those are just going to be like very gross. Those are going to be out of date. Anymore. Do what? Those Pop-Tarts aren't good anymore. Yeah, exactly. How can, exactly how can, they, how can they, how can Netflix um, uh, a bastion of quality if I've ever seen it uh, <laughs> go out of their way to have five in the Umbrella Academy talk about how Twinkies don't actually last forever, but then in Sweet Tooth uh, have a scene where seven-year-old Pop-Tarts are just fine to eat. Yeah. What is this? See, I, I was going to give the show a 9 out of 10. That one that one thing, though, really really grinds my gears with the details, so I got to give it a, a 1 out of 10 simply because of that. Mm. Yeah, man, like, if you don't take your Pop-Tarts seriously, then, like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like, what can you take seriously if not Pop-Tarts? Exactly. There's there's a test to it all, which here's here's a test for you. What is is, uh, your favorite Pop-Tart flavor or maybe, like, a couple of your favorite Pop-Tart flavors? Um, At this point in my life, it's kind of... Uh, If you had asked me like two weeks ago, I would have known definitively. But at this point, I feel like it is kind of a toss-up between s'mores and chocolate chip cookie dough. Not chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those are are solid picks, solid picks. Okay. You get to live, brother. What are your... uh two favorites because i'm not a huge fan of any of the fruit flavored pop tarts personally yeah i mean like they're i will say with the fruit ones they're like uh they're like the blueberry and strawberry those aren't my favorites they're not even close but they're like good uh they're good middle of the road average pop tarts yeah yeah say they're the best no i'm i'm more into like the desserts like type of yeah yeah so yeah, so what what would your favorite pop tart be then? Or a couple? My favorite, yeah, my favorite is uh, this one. I've realized over time because I've had discussion about pop tarts <laughs> more than I should <laughs> with people. It just shows it's one of those uh, one of those universal conversation pieces. Yeah. How you can like talk about a certain thing. Apparently, pop tart flavors is one of those. Um, but I've noticed this one is kind of 50-50 with people. Brown sugar cinnamon. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think that's my dad's favorite flavor. I really like it, but and I thought, like, everyone liked it. But then within the wild, within my research of Pop-Tart flavors with people conducting my research, I realized some people don't like it. Then it's like 50-50 with that. I was like, huh. Yeah, but, I, I like that one. I think it's a good flavor. It's not my yeah. favorite, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. But that one, and then, uh, I don't know, s'mores or, or chocolate chip cookie dough are pretty good. That, those might be in, like, the, the two and three slots. The one the one that, like, needs to go away is the, uh, is it, like, wild berry or something? Probably. I haven't. It's it's like the said, purple. I don't, I don't really get into the fruit flavored pop tarts, so I'd probably I don't really know. Like it's the purple and blue one, right? It's the purple one with the blue stripes. Yeah, yeah. That one. When I was a kid, it was it was interesting, but like growing up, it's like, come on, man. You you either do blueberry or you do strawberry. You can't you can't mix and match. What are you doing here? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Alrighty, so um. All right, turning our attention towards um, comic books, I actually have a question for you. So, are you familiar with like the X Men vote that happened recently? Uh, only from what you told me. I don't know the results. Yeah. Um, so, for anyone out there who's not familiar, and and the results came in like a couple like weeks ago. Like, I'm pretty sure that um, if it hasn't come out already, like issues that have this result 
matter are coming soon. Anyway, um, uh, so the X-Men vote was a thing that Marvel recently did where like most of the roster for the next main X-Men team was built. Oh, excuse me. And Marvel held a vote um, for who the last member would be. Um, and uh, so you did. I'm assuming you didn't vote then. I think I did. I just oh. don't remember who I voted oh, yeah. for. Yeah. If if I if I did something a month ago, I most certainly forgot about it. Okay, yeah, this would have been over a month ago, um, by a little while. But uh, for me, I voted um, for armor. Um, trying to remember who I voted for. But yeah, but um, my vote did not win though. Uh, the, the results were Polaris won the vote. Hmm. So she's in a core X Men title again. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm just curious as to, like, what kinds of story arcs could they possibly have planned if, like, the team is loose enough that they could have a member of the roster be decided by a vote? Yeah. It, it, and I know people are going to be, like, kind of hurt by this, but if they are having it so loose to where, like, you see all these different people, like, with their different powers and stuff, yeah. this person's not going to be one of your main three characters on the team if yeah. they're with it yeah and and the thing about polaris is unfortunately well actually all the characters that were featured here you can say this about like the thing about polaris is for as long as she's been around she's never really gotten to have like a character defining like arc through the x-men you know what i mean yeah yeah like she's she's always been like um ever since it was revealed that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are Magneto's kids, Polaris has always just kind of been the, like the other kid. Yeah. Just Magneto's other kid. She's the oldest of the three. The other one. Yeah. I think the, the three biggest of the ones that are, that you could vote for, I have it up here. Like not, not in terms of like who people voted for. I just mean like who people know. Are like Banshee, Cannonball, and yeah. uh, Sunspot. Yeah, yeah. For me personally, based on um, the characters I like, it was a toss-up between Marrow and Armor. So I just I went with Armor. I think I voted Armor as well because I like went through the power sets. And I just thought that was the coolest one. Yeah, yeah. I or the most interesting kind of. Yeah, I personally just like Armor quite a bit. I think she's a fun, like, interesting character with a fun power. But. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so getting off of that, uh, I need to actually introduce the episode. Because <clears throat> every anime, okay, I gotta, I gotta get into this. Every anime, right? There, at some point, there's like a, like a, like a New Year's festival thing or Obon or something that happens around that time, um, and the girls are always like, they always have a thing where like the girls are dressed up in yukatas and it's like, Oh, you look so pretty in your yukata. And, and it's like, yeah, they do. Cause they're anime characters and every anime character looks pretty in a yukata. But, uh, yeah. but um, it's like, you know, it's like always a whole thing was like, there's always like a festival. There's always a festival. Oh my God. Like Har- Haruhi literally had the same episode eight times in a row about a festival. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding about that, by the way, have you ever watched the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya? No. There is an arc that is quite literally the same episode eight times in a row. Like that's just not, going back to yes, it, or is it like twenty-four exactly. where it's what, like what, an hour each episode? No, it's no, no, no. I, I mean it when I say like it's reanimated every time and revoiced every time, both in Japanese and English. Is it just it showing that different episode. characters? It is showing like same. a different perspective, or no? No, it is just the same episode eight huh. times in a row. It's referred to as the Endless Eight. Hmm. But yeah, it's like I said, it's reanimated every time. The characters are wearing like different clothes every time. Like it's and yeah, there are some slight differences here and there, but like 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 tiny changes to details. But overall, it is the same episode. <laughs> four ah. times in a row not four times eight times in a row and i watched i watched it all eight times 
unfortunately. I decided that's how I was going to use my time with that show. Um, the only episode that's actually different from the other, well, the only two episodes I should say that are different from the others are really the uh, the first one in in that set and the um, last one because the first one is the first time it happens um and then the last one is when the loop breaks but for the six episodes between those two it's the same episode every time it's just the, the character who recognizes the time loop that they're in every time she tells them about the time loop it's a it's a bigger number each time Okay, so and, it's and, it's and, a time loop. It's like Groundhog Day. That's yeah. And they weren't they weren't in that time loop for just eight times. They were only in the time loop for eight episodes. The the time loop happened like hundreds of thousands of times. It repeated itself a lot. Right, but you only saw eight. You of only the time. saw eight times. Um, the first time, the last time, and then like six select times between those points. Um, oh. Uh, but yeah, like. And, and, and like there was one episode in it where it was like the main character started to catch on a little bit more and he was like wait a minute this is different like and, and, and like that episode was a little different so it's like oh okay so the, so they're like gonna start changing a little bit now right no they didn't that makes me think like uh, you see this in video games roguelike video games where like you die but then like you you respond at at uh, starting point one, but you've learned some more, or you've acquired more items, or whatever, and you just keep going. You get further and further each time, but you die each time. I'm surprised, and it might happen one day. It'd, it'd be very ambitious and tough to do. I'm surprised there's not a TV show like that where each episode is essentially the exact same episode, but like 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 let's say it's similar to like a roguelike where the person goes dies at the end of the first episode and then episode two happens he wakes up and he starts the day over again but he has more pieces essentially it's like or or happy death day where it just keeps he learns or she learns more and more every episode like every episode is the day over again Uh, just a second i'm there is a show like that. I watched a few episodes of it years ago, um, and uh, it's not listed here. Um, but like, there there was a show like that that I watched years ago um, that used to be available on Netflix, but um, uh, it only lasted a couple seasons. I bet you can't guess why. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like there there actually has been at least one TV show like that. Um, so. Yeah, it's just obscure, and I don't think anybody liked it because it was like mostly the same episode every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, just with changes here and there. But yeah, no, like, 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 I could see it working for like a season, but to do multiple seasons would be tough. Yeah, but like in in Haruhi, um, the main character, because it was a time loop, and the only character in the group who recognized the loop was not inclined to do anything to change it because that's not what she's there for. She's there to observe. So she literally had no motivation whatsoever to stop the time loop from happening because she was just there to observe. Um, So like all of the other characters experiencing these time loops keep getting this weird sense of deja vu and nothing else and learning nothing every episode like they learn things in a couple of the episodes but then in the next episode they've forgotten them because it's a loop huh and they don't get to carry information with them from episode to episode yeah yeah so it it really was just the same episode eight times in a row until finally in the last episode the main character figured out what Haruhi wanted and that's how the loop got broken because the whole thing is the loop is happening because Haruhi, who is like the leader of this little this little band of high school students, she wanted to have like the perfect summer vacation with all her friends. So that's what the uh, the 
the episodes are all about is Haruhi's idea of the perfect summer vacation. But there's one thing they kept forgetting to do. What is it? What is that one thing? What do we keep forgetting to do? I have to figure out what it is Haruhi wants us to do so that I can break this loop. If we're stuck in a loop and I keep getting this 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 weird deja vu, I need I can't let Haruhi walk out that door because if she walks out that door right now, it's going to loop again. And for seven episodes, she walks out the door without anything changing. And then the last one, he finally figures out like, oh, wait, Haruhi wanted to finish our summer homework together. That's right. So he's like, wait a minute, Haruhi, we got to finish our summer homework together don't we and and so they do are you serious yes they that's shove what it breaks in. it yes so they shove it all into like that like they all cram like the night before they have to go back to school the night before the next semester um they they all cram in their summer homework they all finish it just in time and that's what breaks the loop that's what <laughs> that's what you need to do kids this is this show is is sponsored by homework do your homework <laughs> This whole, this whole anime you've been watching it's our way of saying do your homework billy i know you're in there playing xbox right now and me and your mother we've been having a hard time but do your homework dang it you named your son billy i didn't name my son billy it was the showrunner oh he's the weird <laughs> billy because at the very end of the show, that was him. Like he wrote out like like the text at the end of some documentary type movies where it shows like the aftermath or whatever through like text. That was the text. He was like, "Hey Billy, I know you're playing video games right now. Knock it off." Or I know you're watching this anime right now, but hey, guess what? Stop. Do your homework. That's that's the moral of this whole anime. Do your homework. Yeah. All right, so Wakanda New Year's. Yes. All because I made a stupid Yukata joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, at least we're not. Um, at least we're not like Channel Awesome, where like they make whole movies just dedicated to like the lore behind their silly movie reviews. Yeah, that's pretty... That's, I don't know. That's, that's I kind mean, of I, I like it. I, I, the only reason I slightly like it is it's like, hey, like, they they got the chance to make, like, their random little inside joke movie. Good on them. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, that's, like, kind of cringe and kind of, like, I don't know, like not narcissistic. That's not the best way to say it. But, uh, uh, isn't it though? Isn't it though? Like on the point of like like yeah, they got the chance to make their little inside joke movie, sure. They also got the chance to sustain injuries on set, hardly be fed, and sit in a hot, sweaty room for hours on end. So <laughs> like if Doug Walker if they wrote in the script that like within the movie, cause I've never seen it. I think I watched like a review of it or something in yeah. the movie. If they said like, uh, if he became like God or something or like a God or something, then yes. Okay. That's a, that's a bit much. <laughs> Wait a minute. Have you not seen any of them? Is that what happens? Like you hit the nail on the head there. Oh my goodness. Okay. But, like I'm not even kidding. It's like he there's, literally a, big, like, there's a big like yeah sacrificial moment at the end of like the last one they did where like the nostalgia critic has to sacrifice his existence and it's like you're the most important person in the universe, critic. And it's like and like like Walker wrote himself into the movie is like nostalgia critic has a conversation with Doug and Doug introduces himself. He's like, I'm the writer. And it's like <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like it, it's a bit of like, it's a bit of, I don't know, from what you're saying, like, he's writing himself as like Jesus Christ slash the Neo. Or slash it's, Neo. it's a little bit what it is. That's um, really weird. Throwing a little bit of Morrison Animal Man in there, and yeah, you've, yeah. you've, you've got, you've basically, like, <laughs> I, I know you were like joking at the beginning, but like, no, that's actually what he does is basically writes himself into it as a messiah figure 
and, and the thing is, if he wasn't the writer of it, I'd be a little bit more okay with it. But like, yeah, he he helped in writing that. So yeah, like, like he 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 like he's the writer, the producer, the d- director. Like the like yeah. he's the one like responsible for this movie. So it's like, yeah, like all of that comes. This is a vanity project. It's it is straight up a vanity project. That's so weird. It is. It is really weird, and it's very fun to like poke fun at. Like, you should definitely watch um, the Quentin reviews video about uh, the um, Channel Awesome lore movies. Okay, yeah, I'll have to watch that instead of spending over an hour and a half. Well, aren't isn't one of them like super long or something? Yeah, one of them's like close to four hours long. I think the last one, like to boldly flee, is what it's called, and it is a miserable slog. I was gonna say you have to be like a die-hard channel awesome fan, like like to the point where it's like even when they put out like crappy content, you're defending it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, (laughs) I I don't know that there's anyone who left who is like willing to genuinely defend. Like a lot of the like, like the quality of Channel Awesome at the very least. I know there are some people out there who are like, you know, they're not all bad people, which I'm sure is true. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I haven't met any of them personally, so I can't really attest to that. But like, yeah. I'm sure they're not like bad people. They just yeah. make kind of doofy stuff. Yeah, I think fame just kind of goes to some people's heads. Yeah, it goes to their actions and stuff. But yeah, like I, because um, I turn on like Oni plays videos in the background when I'm doing other stuff, and yeah. they talk about Channel Awesome a lot. And the th- and the weird thing is, um, Chris Oni, um, he uh, like genuinely still loves like Channel Awesome, but he he makes fun of them like horrifically. <laughs> but yeah. he, like, but the funny thing is, like he'll 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 be the first person to say like, no, nah, I. I genuinely love this stuff, dude. I love all this stuff, but he's still just like he'll, he's not afraid to make fun of it either. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never really got into Channel Awesome in terms of like their content slash like movie reviews and stuff. Like whenever I was growing up or whatever with YouTube, yeah. I would watch like like Jeremy Johns, uh, Chris Stuckman every now and then. I mostly watch like Jeremy Johns because it's like super short. Or, or it used to be like super short reviews, and that's pretty much what I had time for. Yeah. Back then, I didn't care to watch a twenty-minute review of a movie. Yeah, I used to put like nostalgia critic reviews on just to like kind of hear an opinion about something, and then uh, yeah, yeah. And again, like I, I usually turn YouTube videos on while I'm doing something else. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not really putting it on to watch, so it's like yeah. I'll yeah. I used to put like nostalgia critic videos on and listen to a. Uh, the reviews but then after a while like the, the more i heard like his thoughts on things the more i started to realize like oh he like really doesn't get it does he yeah like to like to be a critic you have to actually like get movies um yeah. and i don't feel like doug walker does right yeah and you can say he's playing a character sure but at the same time it's like like is he though like like are the opinions the characters or are they Doug Walker's? Like I know the personality belongs to the character, but do the opinions belong to the character? Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's at least a little truth with that. Yeah. Yeah, like so like yeah, it's just there are certain things where it's like you, you watch it, it's like, oh like he doesn't get like he doesn't quite understand Yeah. Movies, it seems. So you so you used to watch uh, um, Nostalgia Critic. Did you ever watch uh, Angry Video Game Nerd? Uh, I tried. I couldn't like. By the time I got around to trying uh, Angry Video Game Nerd, I was already past like the point in my life where like I would enjoy character comedy reviews. I gotcha. I gotcha. So it was like it was already like too late for me to really be interested in that sort of thing. Nowadays, yeah. if I'm going to like listen to a review, I would rather a person just kind of give it to me straight, like yeah. as themselves, no characters, no skits. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Just, just like tell me your honest thoughts. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that's pretty much how it is for most people nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're younger and, and you want someone's opinion on something, it's hard to pay attention to an actual review, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you're younger, so like so like the funny characters and the doofy skits they do can help maintain your attention. Yeah. But as an adult, it's like I'd rather just like hear someone actually give me their real opinion on it. And yeah. I I will first if I want like a real real opinion on it, I will go to like a source that I genuinely trust. Um, and like who's someone whose opinion I know already kind of like lines up with my tastes because that's what you need to do. Like, like what when people say, like, oh, you only agree with this person because they like the same things you do, yeah, of course. Like, who else is going to tell me whether or not something is good for me if, unless they like the same things I do? So, like, and then after the fact, I will, um, uh, listen to like other reviews because there are some people that for me it's like it's just fun to like disagree with them right, right. you know what I mean like you ever watch um, uh, a YouTube channel called the Cosmonaut Variety Hour called the what say again the Cosmonaut Variety Hour oh yeah is he not, not British he's like no he's not British he's, he's American no. Okay, never mind. I'm thinking of someone else. I, I've yeah. heard the channel you're talking about. Yeah, um, like almost a hundred percent. I'm never gonna actually agree with that guy, right? Uh, right? But I still watch his videos because uh, I think it's just kind of fun to listen to a different opinion and pick apart like why they're objectively wrong. Because he is objectively wrong. He thinks wrong about things. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. So, oh, oops, sorry, I bumped the thing that the, everything's sitting on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's like, what was that? Sorry, I was pulling up his YouTube channel. <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was, <laughs> and it was his uh, his channel trailer or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's how I spend my brain space. When I'm doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. I realized uh, if I'm not doing something where I have to read, uh, obviously when I have to like read stuff and soak it in, I'm not really going to listen to much, not even like classical music or anything like that. Yeah. I realized uh, it would be podcast or something like that. But whenever I was packaging up all the Gallows Man books and stuff like that, I yeah. set up a little work station near the tv and i was packing it up and the show fargo is like one of the best like background shows isn't the best way to put it but like at while you're doing some work yeah watching it is is great i love it i'm now so i'm invested into the show because of that yeah 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 for me it's like if i'm gonna like when it comes to TV shows, I try to actually like pay attention to them, so I like sit down and watch them. So I gotta set set aside time for a show. For me, it's like if I'm yeah. gonna turn something on to be passive about, it's gonna be like a YouTube video or a podcast or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, but yeah, like going back to like just listening to um, cosmonaut videos. It's like again, like he's objectively wrong about things to the extent that like. Sometimes it feels like he's going out of his way to misrepresent a thing to, uh, like, explain why it's bad, kind of like CinemaSins does. Right. Um, like, yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm going to be like very honest because I might leave this bit in, or this might be a part of like bonus discussion in a different episode or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, uh. I am not like the biggest fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I don't dislike it. I just don't go out of my way for it. Right. Um, uh, now, friend friend of the podcast Clay does like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure quite a bit, but like I I remember like um, watching because I have seen because Clay has shown me JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I've seen some yeah, of JoJo's, yeah. so uh, I've seen enough to have a good impression of it. And um, I remember watching, like, the Cosmonaut Variety Hour video 
like I think its title is like why I don't like Jojo or something like that or, and like because everybody keeps telling this guy you gotta watch Jojo's man because yeah. Jojo's fans are like a cult and they're not gonna stop till everyone's indoctrinated but um uh and and he went on this you know whole he made this whole big video explaining why he doesn't want to get into Jojo's which not wanting to get into Jojo's is fine I don't really want to get into Jojo's I don't really care that much about it. I watch right. it because a friend of mine is invested in seeing me enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, he and I talk over most of the episodes anytime we get together to watch it anyway because that's just how we consume media when we're together. We, we make commentary over it and about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that, like, that's like a part of the fun of watching JoJo's with him is he and I talking about the show together. Um, but, like... So yeah, like there's nothing wrong with not wanting to get into JoJo's, but like from what I've seen of his video, he like like outright misrepresents the series uh, to get his point across, which isn't really getting your point across. Um, yeah, yeah, which tells me either a um, he dislikes the series enough to lie about it so that he doesn't have to like get into it. Which, yeah. you know, you shouldn't have to feel the need to do anyway. Or B, he really misunderstands it that badly. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't really have an investment in getting into JoJo. But, again, like, I'm not going to lie about the show to avoid watching it. I'm, I, like, I'm yeah. not going to outright misrepresent characters. So it's like, I, I feel like for him, like, he, he probably seriously just, like, doesn't get it. Like he misreads characters' entire personalities based on a single action. Yeah, I haven't watched enough of his videos to to know for sure, but yeah, it could either be like not not entirely a character thing in terms of like always getting his thoughts and opinions pretty much wrong when it comes to the the majority stance on it yeah. um either it's intentional or it's just a part of him his personality is just like yeah. he's always misreading stuff I, I i yeah i really think that probably is it like he just because yeah like everything he talks about is so like it, he it, it seems to be that he he thinks he's reading deeply into things uh, to a certain right. extent but like every single criticism he mentions is so like close to the surface like he's just skimming the surface and thinking like this is what it is um like he, yeah yeah he doesn't think any more deeply than what what's happening right now and if a character does one thing that like seems cowardly that character is branded a coward regardless of what came before or after like uh for example in his jojo video um, he he mentions the character Polnareff kind of being like the funny coward character. Now I've seen enough of Part Three to know that Polnareff is not a cowardly character. Um, right. But the scene he was using to represent why Polnareff is a coward was an example of some pretty extreme culture shock on Polnareff's part because Polnareff is a French guy, right? Right. Um, he would, and Part Three takes place in like the eighties, and he was like in the Middle East. And the show is weird anyway, so some weird stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and there's a point where, like, he's running away from a toilet because a pig literally sticks its head up out of the toilet while he's about to use it. I feel like that anyone would sense. be kind of off-put by that. Yeah, I feel like most people would do that. Yeah. So I think like, it'd be weird if you just stayed. Yeah, it would, it would have been weirder if you'd just been like, oh, there's a pig in this toilet. So, like... <laughs> So, yeah, like, that's that's not an example of a character being cowardly. That's an example of a character being shocked and surprised. Yeah. So it's, and, and, like, the whole episode in question as well, he's already paranoid because um, this, the enemy stand that they're dealing with travels through reflections. So it's, it's like they're dealing with a bad guy who can pop up in literally any reflective surface, their own eyes included, to attack them. Um, yeah. And he's surprised because an animal just stuck its head out of a toilet while he was about to use it. So, like, that's not a cowardly character. 
That's a character who is completely justified in being surprised and afraid and yeah, paranoid sure. in in that particular moment. So it's it's one of those things like yeah, like the, but like from that point on in Cosmonaut Marcus's mind, Polnareff is the cowardly character because he he yeah. did one thing that could be read as cowardly out of context. So it's like yeah, and and just like. And I watched, I, I listened to his, uh, his Black Widow review. And again, that's, you know, he's, he's the prime example, I think, of when I mention people who I think are wrong about their criticisms when they bring up things like, oh, this character, I already know this character's dead, so I don't care anymore. Like, he is the epitome yeah. of that. He is the number one yeah. person in my mind I think of when I think of that type of person. And it's like, that's just a wrong headed mindset. Did he basically say Black Widow sucked? Or, well, yeah, he didn't care for Black Widow. Um, and I understand if you don't like the movie, and I understand if at, at certain points you find it boring. And he did have like some criticisms I agreed with, um, in terms yeah. of like because I don't outright disagree with the guy just based on the fact that I think he's got a bad brain with yeah, bad yeah, thoughts yeah. in it. Um, <laughs> but, We're still uh, gonna hear him now. What's that? I said, you're still going to hear him out. Yeah, exactly. I'm still going to like give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, it's like, the, but again, he's one of those people who are like, yeah, like if a, if a character's dead, that's literally as far as he's willing to care about them. Mm. Like, it, so like, he, he <laughs> it seems to me he doesn't care about the fact that like, a character's death can be used well to like motivate other characters in a story yeah, yeah. or like it can be a turning point for a story. All he liter- literally all he reads it as is this character happened to a certain point and then they stopped happening and now I don't care about them anymore. Right. And that's just not I I I don't mean to put it this way but like that's just not a valid way to perceive characters or character writing yeah yeah like anyone who thinks that way about um storytelling shouldn't expect anyone to take their opinions about storytelling seriously yeah so yeah i most i mostly um just put his videos on to have fun disagreeing with him yeah yeah which this is like slight, it's pretty much off topic. I wanted to briefly say I saw Black Widow. I thought it was good. It, it's a, it's an average Marvel movie. Did you I identify which other Marvel movie its plot resembled? Do you remember when I was talking um, about that? Yeah, I, for, I, I remember you said something. I forgot. Now I'm trying to think which one. Is it one? Oh, hold on. She's on the run from a secret organization. Yeah, I was going to say, is it like... The bad guy assassin is secretly someone that she knows from her past who's been brainwashed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got those, yeah, I got the Winter Soldier vibes kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, like, a lot of people have been mentioning... Now, of course, people have wrongly been stating that it's a beat-for-beat ripoff of Winter Soldier, which it is no, not. No. It just shares a lot of very striking cosmetic similarity similarities. Um, yeah. Which I just thought about, uh, in Winter Soldier, doesn't one of, like, the carrier jets get shot down? or get Yeah, like, down? all three of them get shot yeah, down in the sky. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a decent bit of similarities, but it's still, like, I don't know. I'd say it's it's its own thing. It is. It had some good fights in it. I think. Um, yeah, I however, think it had pretty decent fights. I I one my one critique with the fights though is uh, David Harbor's fights. One, you barely saw them, and two, when you have a big bulking brute, basically, yeah, you need to have the fight choreography like you got to feel the impact of those punches. Yeah. They got to feel like a lot heavier, a lot stronger than, than black widows punches or whatever. Those, those like acrobatics and maneuvers are cool, 
his fighting is going to be different. He's this big brute, and you got to feel that heaviness. You got to feel those punches. And I didn't feel that in any of his fights, and he barely had any fights as well. Yeah, yeah, there was a lack of weight to his strikes whenever um, he would land one in his fights, especially when you introduce the character flipping a giant trailer over. Yeah, exactly. Like at the beginning of the movie, like showing this person is superhuman. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's and then like what as soon as they get into a fight, it's like oh they they punch like everybody else punches. Um, yeah. It's sure, he, he knocks people back a couple feet when he punches, but so does Natasha when she kicks. So. Yeah, like sure you could possibly say maybe he's pulling his punches, but there's some instances where it's like no 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 you don't have to. Um, Taskmaster is so is a basically like a super soldier you don't have to pull your punches and stuff yeah yeah and um for me one the number one criticism i have for a specific fight um is the little scuffle that natasha and yelena have with each other when natasha first shows up in budapest at the safe house at first i was thinking like oh they've been apart for years so they must not recognize each other right but then but they knew each other, yeah, yeah. But then they they stopped the fight and revealed that oh, they knew who the other person was. It's like, wait a minute, if they recognize each other, what was the point of this fight? Then if they both knew they were on the same side here, then why did and they even, fight? Because they kind of yeah. just let it go. They don't like have a moment where they're like, oh, we're on the same side. Okay, no, they just let it go. They're 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 like, yeah, okay, we just had a little fist fight for no reason, and now we're gonna move on, like it's that when when fights like that happen just for the sake of having a fight happen um i'm someone who loves like fights and that was a unfortunately a well choreographed fight that was a well put together fight but the um, story you want there, there has there has to be story within your fight yeah. and the story within that fight didn't make sense yeah it just wasn't properly justified yeah so um there was really no reason for it to happen. Yeah, I, I would agree because, yeah, like, obviously Black Widow knew, hey, it's my sister. Also, like, the way they talk, like, before Black Widow even opens the door, goes into the place, the sister, I forgot, says something like, uh, I know you're behind the door or I know you're here or whatever. And the way she says it, it, it's a tone of like, I know this person. It's not like some random henchman that's after me or whatever. Yeah. As well as like progressively before the end of the fight where they're like, Hey sister, Hey sister, that sort of stuff. Before that there's lines of dialogue and stuff like that, that like indicate they obviously both know who they are. So it's weird that it's still continuing. Like, because the big thing you'll see in Marvel movies, you'll see it in like just superhero stuff in general, is the first time um, these two superheroes meeting for the first time. And there's a misunderstanding between the two. And because of the misunderstanding, they got to have a fight. But by the end of the fight, they're like, hey, uh, Martha. Yeah, (laughs) my mom's Martha. No, not (laughs) that. But like a good uh, representation of that. Um, is uh, uh, Jeff John's Justice League, the volume one. Um, yeah, yeah, that is that is a good example of that. That bit where uh, Superman is basically pinballing Green Lantern and Batman around. Yeah, yeah. Until the Flash shows up to clear things up. Yeah. Pretty much. I remember that bit pretty clearly. That was the first Justice League story I ever actually read, so I, I remember oh. that one pretty clearly. But um, yeah, and a good example of it in a movie would actually be in The Avengers when uh, Thor shows up, takes Loki, and then Iron Man takes off after him. Yeah, yeah, because that makes sense. It's like, hey, whoa, what are you doing? Like, he's a bad guy. He's our prisoner. You're taking him. I I don't know if you're good or bad. Yeah. And Thor's like, no, I like he is a bad guy, but he's my prisoner, and I'm taking him. I don't know if you're good or bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's where and the fight comes from. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it comes down to simple communication. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like that line from Cool Hand Luke. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Exactly. How many people are going to understand that reference? Cool. Like, how understand. many people our age have seen Cool Hand Luke? <laughs> have you seen Cool Hand Luke? I have not. I'm actually looking it up right now. <laughs> I've seen it once. I remember it being a pretty decent but kind of depressing movie. Oh, it's got Paul Newman. Yes, Paul Newman. There's a scene in it where he eats like a hundred eggs or something and gets really sick. It's awesome. Um... <laughs> oh, I see. It's it's like the tenth photo. It's him looking at a bunch of eggs and he's holding one in his hand. But yeah, it's uh, there's um. It's been a long, long time since I've seen that movie, though. I have never heard of this movie. No, I did. But yeah, there's a there's a line in that where like, cause cause the thing is he he's gone to prison, right? He's part of a chain gang, so yeah. the warden, um, like there's there's one point in the movie where like there's some sort of misunderstanding or whatever. Um, they're not wanting to tell him something or some such. Like I said, it's been years since I've seen the movie, but I remember yeah. some of the quotes. And so the warden says to him. Seems to me what we have here is a failure to communicate. Oh, okay. Which later on in the movie, Paul Newman then turns back around on the warden and like says the same line to him over something. Ah. Like, uh, it's like, ah, he used the line. He said the thing. Ah, you got to practice what you preach, warden. We've gone a half an hour without even mentioning what the episode's about. Yes. All right, that's Storebrand Comics for the week, everybody. Um, if you are interested in seeing more from Brandon and supporting his independent comic book stuff, uh, check out Dismay Comics uh, on Facebook and Instagram. That's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. Um, he just... Uh, recently shipped out the uh, uh the kickstarter uh, like rewards for um the gallows man number one kickstarter i don't know why i couldn't think of any of the words anyway yeah he just shipped out the uh those rewards um and it's pretty neat so if you're uh you know interested in keeping up with when kickstarters for like uh future comics are on the way from him then you know uh, like go there Instagram and Facebook uh, Dismay Comics check it out I know he's already hard at work on The Gallows Man number 2 so um, I'm personally looking forward to that quite a bit I enjoyed reading The Gallows Man number 1 quite a bit <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very it's a very interesting uh, superhero concept and I, I like it a lot so and I'm not just saying that because he's my co-host like it's a genuinely interesting comic so yeah if you're interested in keeping up with that stuff uh, remember what I said then um, anyway <laughs> uh, and then as for me um, you're already listening to the only thing I have to plug uh, the, this is store brand comics um, come back every week on Friday to whichever podcast app you're listening to this on if you're interested in hearing more um, this is just a hobby podcast we do every week. We try to have episodes up every Friday. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. It really does mean a lot that anyone would listen to the two of us talk for however long we talk. So uh, thank you a lot. Anyway, um, I think that's actually it uh, for the week. So I have been Tio, and he has been Brandon, and now we're not, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>